0: This podcast is intended for mature audiences and could be triggering to some. Please use discretion while listening. Hi, listeners. Rachel here. Today, I've invited Kayla to come back onto the podcast to discuss her one year anniversary of leaving Mr. Wannabe. I remember it like it was yesterday when she finally got on the plane and moved to Florida and left Mr. Wannabe for good. I was so proud of her, but I was also scared that he would have some sort of control over her long term. A lot has happened in the past year, and I want to get an update from Kayla to hear how she's doing one year out from leaving a narcissist. In this episode, we'll also do a Q&A from listeners and discuss some exciting plans that we have for the future. I want to say thank you for being a part of this conversation and for hanging out with Kayla and I today. We hope you enjoy. You're listening to It Doesn't End Here. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's been a while.
1: Hey, Kay, how you doing, Hi. I'm so good. So, so good. Yeah, it's been a while. We are loving everything post-podcast recording and launching, I think. It's really fun to get on the back end and see all of the downloads that you guys have been doing. In 37 or 38 countries? Yeah, 38 last time I checked. Yeah. That's insane. And then on top
0: of that, we've had so many stories. We've heard from so many women all over the world. So that's been really awesome to connect with women and just to hear kind of the impact that we've had in their lives.
1: It's impacting a lot of people in multiple different ways. So that's always great. And we have been interviewing for season two, and I think we just officially sealed that deal, right?
0: We did. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm so excited. We've been yeah. listening to some crazy stories all week making hot tea every night and just sitting back like listening to the juicy drama (laughs) (laughs) what's crazy though is that this is this is real like these are actual real stories
1: yeah they're not lifetime movies like they sound like no we were gonna do the live q a in san diego but we failed as usual (laughs) as usual when we get together we just want to have fun be like all responsibility goes out the window
0: it's like we haven't seen each other in 10 months like the last thing we want to do is sit down and work
1: i know i know we were in not in work mode we were in fun mode we had like all these reels and tiktoks planned, planned. that we were gonna do <laughs> and obviously our content we were like okay we've got like two pictures i think that we could use
0: that is why we've decided to combine this episode with a life update from kayla plus the Q and A. This marks the one-year anniversary that you left Mr. Wannabe. Yes, it is. And how do you feel?
1: I feel amazing. I <laughs>
0: you are glowing, girl. You're doing so much better than you were a year ago, and you've grown so much this year. You've really stepped into your yourself, into your worth, into your power. You've made some really big changes for your lifestyle, and you've moved to Colorado and you're loving it. So yeah, I'm just loving your vibe, loving all your energy
1: right now. I know. I feel like I have such good energy. I really don't have any negative mentality whatsoever. I mean, I'm definitely still figuring out life right now because like as you said, obviously, I decided to stay in Colorado. I was <laughs> when we started recording, I was living in Florida with Granny and Uh, I had an opportunity to come out here for the summer, and that turned into me just loving it out here so much. Obviously, nature is so therapeutic and good for you, and we've just been getting out in nature so much, and there's so much access to so many things out here for nature. So I think that was a big reason for me staying. There's still a lot of things I got to figure out now that I am here. Now we have to get our own place, and um, I actually just got an opportunity to work as a personal trainer independently, which I totally manifested. I I'm working part time, five hours a day at a Montessori, which is super random, but. I actually love it. I work with three and four-year-olds <laughs> and we just get to do fun things all day and they're so cute. So I'm doing that right now, but I have just have so much extra time. My online training is pretty finite and seamless, so I don't have to spend too much time on that. So I was like, "You know what? I could have something part-time, a couple hours a night." So I just posted in, you know, where I live in Colorado in like a, a Facebook group, you know, kind of like word of mouth sort of things. And I was just like, does anyone know of a small local gym that I can train at independently? I never liked the corporate world. You know, I have experience and and blah, blah, blah. Well no one really replied for like two or three days. Oh, I was kind of like, uh, oh, giving up my hope and patience. But as soon as I was like thinking that someone replied and they're like you should check out this gym. It's a boutique gym, blah blah blah. Next day, I talked to the owner. Next day, I went in. He was like, "Boom, officially, yeah, you can work here. You can be your own boss. It's 24/7 access. You can set your own rates. He's like pretty much, I don't care what you do." <laughs> so, I was like, "All right. That's awesome." Yeah, so like that's exactly what I wanted. I didn't want corporate. I wanted to be my own boss, set my own rates. And, uh, that's just works best for me. So
0: that's awesome, babes. I'm so excited for you.
1: Yeah. So I just got to build some clientele with that. It's like all aligning. I know. So really everything is just aligning. I reached out to some modeling agencies. I reached out to four and every single one of them got back to me within 24 hours. Three of them are in Colorado though. And you can only have one per state. And then I got one in Utah that I'm gonna sign up with. So I've had to put myself out there for that one.
0: Well, it clearly like paid off. I mean, they all contacted you within twenty-four hours. That's that's amazing.
1: Yeah. But like, you know, it it takes a lot of confidence and a lot of like, oh, I deserve this to even put yourself out there like that, which a lot of people don't do. And I don't think I would have done in the last probably six months ago. You know, I didn't feel feel that, but I mean, everything in my life right now is just happening and aligning and coming. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it feels really nice.
0: No, it was amazing. Like, I had so much fun with you in California, and you're definitely back to your old self. Like, you're the normal Kayla that <laughs> I was used to, like, pre Mr. Wannabe. And, you know, you that's how you always were when you were with me. But, you know, seeing you with Tyler and having all of us be together and, having seen you happy and seeing you not in a toxic relationship and a toxic environment. And it was just really nice. It was really great. And
1: it was, it was so much fun. Uh, I need that every month. I know. I need I know. a 15 day trip every month. <laughs> we really did have so much fun. like, And we fulfilled
0: my dream of having a bonfire on the beach and Roasting yes. hot dogs and eating s'mores. like I've always seen yes. all these people in like Laguna Beach and the Hills and the OC and all my favorite shows from when I was like 14. And this is what they always did. And I just really wanted to, to do it. So we finally did it. And I have to admit, it was a lot of work, but it was really fun.
1: Hey, it worked out. Perfect. It really did work out like, perfect. How funny. Okay. So you guys, we <laughs> didn't know how this really worked, but there's very limited fire pits. So we get to like a spot where we just, you know, we're on the street and we walk into the beach and then we see the fire pits to the left. So obviously we're walking and boom, boom, boom. They're all taken. Yeah. Like, obviously it's, I mean, it's almost sunset. They're Of course they're going to be taken and we're walking, we're walking. And I'm like, wait, I think I see that one at the very end. It's open. It's the very last so one sure on the beach. Open. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's open. Literally (laughs) could not be more perfect. Rachel's running up to it just as this guy from the opposite end is walking and running up to it. And you get there at the same time. (laughs) It was like a standoff. Yes. So what did you even say? It was so funny. I was like, oh, no. Well,
0: I was like, I told a little white lie. I was like, oh, hey, you know, we, we, are going to take this fire pit. There's six of us. We just ran back to the car to get all of our gear. You know, how many are with you? Like I'm happy to share. And it was just him and his girlfriend. And so I was like, Oh my God, like, please just join us. Like I was just trying to be like, Hey, we're taking the fire pit, but you guys can join us.
1: (laughs) This is ours. (laughs) (laughs) because if that didn't work out it would have just ruined the whole i was
0: like losing hope like with every fire pit that we saw like that wasn't available my roasting hot dogs in the sunset dreams were dying for sure Um, but it it worked out and we had such a great time okay so because this fire pit was the last one like on the beach like And when I say that, I do mean like both the very last one that we could possibly have, but also the last one on the strip. So it was kind of next to where like the beach ends and it's kind of like a rocky pier. Where the harbor starts. Yeah, like that's where the harbor starts. There we go. Okay. So we're roasting our hot dogs and everything. (laughs) And all of these rats, rats rats start coming out of the rocks coming towards us because we're like the fire pit right there i'm telling you there was like how many i don't even know how many rats 30 Uh, more like
1: 15 20
0: at a time yeah there was like on the beach
1: oh man it was fun but it was very like i mean i don't think they would have come over to us do you think they would have i mean for well for one we did have berkeley Berkeley was on full guard dog yeah, alert. Yeah, he was. I mean, he did not, I don't know if he blinked for about two hours. He was just laying there, ears perked, watching the rats. And like anytime one would kind of get close, he would stand up. And I'm be like, Berkeley? Because he, he chased one the very first time he did chase one or like was on, like going to.
0: Yeah. And obviously, I didn't want
1: him to eat a rat. So, oh, man, man, that was so that hard was- to know.
0: That was actually hilarious.
1: Yeah, I know our Instagram group name is Rat Pack. <laughs> yeah, the
0: Rat Pack. <laughs> Throughout the past 10 years, you've experienced a lot of trauma from your family dealing with mental illness. Getting a divorce and then of course dating a narcissist. How has this affected how you live your life right now?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's just been a crazy, crazy, crazy ride. And like, I don't think I don't know if anything I do really makes sense to a lot of people. I feel like I just am constantly, I don't know. I just make decisions based on like what is gonna make me happy, even if it's in the current moment, I'm like moving to Colorado for the summer would make me happy. Like I want a new experience. I it's super, super hot in Florida, so it was like it's the perfect time. and then, when I got offered to to stay, I was like, that would make me happy. I'm gonna do that, so I don't know. I just like make decisions, and then I figure, it yeah. out <laughs> along the way well I mean you're kind of I mean you're um, pretty lucky
0: in that way. It's pretty easy for you just to kind of pick up and go wherever because you can work wherever,
1: yeah. It's been a little tricky though, just because of my, you know, my situation in the past and what I went through, it derailed me in a lot of ways too. Like I can't get a par- an apartment on my own. I I uh, just can't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not like financially stable enough yet to do that. Like I, we, I just applied for here just because we're going to get our own place. And mine just wasn't good enough. They were like, okay, well, you need another person with you pretty much. So it's It's tricky still in some ways, but I've just been blessed. I've been blessed because obviously I've moved in with granny. And then here we moved in with Tyler's aunt. And so like I've always had a place, but it's never been my own. So that's a little frustrating.
0: Well, that's about to change though. I mean, you're about to... Get your own place and you guys are going to like, finally you are going to make it your own, buy your own furniture and finally like be able to get settled, you know? Yeah.
1: I don't know how much furniture we're going to get. I don't like the idea of like. Well, just the cheap stuff, like just the Ikea, just Ikea stuff. (laughs) freaks me out. I don't know why it freaks me out to like furnish a whole place
0: or just buy everything on Facebook markets. That way it's cheap. And then that way you can just let it all go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really don't care about possessions or material things. My goal was to travel more. So I don't want to like spend all this money and just to furnish a place to never be here or waste money when I could be using that to travel. So anyway, that's another whole... A whole emotional issue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Commitment issues now we've moved into.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. That's
0: the next next series we're doing. (laughs) In all reality, you have had a hard year. I mean, it's been a good year, and I've been really proud of you. And you've grown in so many different areas. But, you know, the recovery from dating a narcissist... Is not instant. It's not like you leave and the next day everything is better and it's rainbow and sunshine. You know you're gonna have to go through the mud to get to the other side of of it, and the other side is the ha- is your happiness. So, how has the past year been in terms of getting over the situation you were in with Mister Wannabe?
1: I don't know. I mean, a lot has changed, but it did take me. I just want to like make sure everyone understands that the day you decide to do something or the day you leave or the day you pack your stuff is not the day that everything will completely change. It's just the day that you made that decision and now things will start to get better, but it's not the day of, or even the week of, it still took me a long time. I was still grieving my past, everything I'd known for three, you know, for all that time for for years and years of that's just what I was used to, and I didn't know anything else, so I had to like grieve that and and then once I got past the grieving stage, that's whenever I started to just find my worth, find my my value and what I deserved, and you know got back to that person that I was, and the person that I always knew I was deep down inside what I deserved, but it was just hidden and down there for so long, so once that came back up, that's when things really started to change. as we talk
0: about in the podcast with every episode you got stronger and stronger within your story and then with kind of in, within yourself. you know you wouldn't have even have agreed to do the podcast like even eight months ago. so you've, you've come really far in a short amount of time.
1: This, the interviews we've been doing with these women and a lot of them were they were in that relationship for way too long. And we've seen several running themes in the past
0: couple of interviews that we've had and they kind of like a few of them tied back to you know their obviously your childhood, everything everything goes back to your childhood. Mm-hmm. So um mm-hmm. for two of the girls was like acceptance and they needed like they wanted their acceptance from their narcissistic partner. And we're kind of like, okay, so mm-hmm. who does that tie back to in your family? Can you tie that back to a time you wanted acceptance from somebody when you were a kid? And and sure enough, yeah, they both had parents. I think they were both parents, weren't they? Or some step-parents at least.
1: Yeah, one was a step-mom, one was yeah, a mom.
0: That they were needing approval from and kind of craving that approval from. And then they never really got it. And so... That leads into dating narcissistic men. And that's another reason why you can get trapped in a trauma bond and all these things. So, you know, these stories that we hear are all very they all have similar running themes through them, like while, the abuse and the story is not the same, the theme is the same. And then, you know, they all they all do the same things, don't they, Kayla? Like I think all the men, They all have the same personality traits that we've heard of. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. They each and all the women kind of echo each other and saying like, Oh, and then he said this. And then he said that it's like, yeah, that seems to be what they all say.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. They want to control. They want to do whatever they want. And if you find them out, you are, you are the crazy one. If you suspect anything, And you figure it out. You're the crazy one. Everything is always your fault. Yeah, everything's always your fault, and such a double standard. Like I'm going to go off and do this, but how? Mm -hmm. How dare you go off and do that? (laughs) So it's just, and it's always it's women that I I mean, women are just more susceptible to falling for a narcissist. I think, like I said, obviously we don't just want to adhere to women. This obviously happens to other people. Um, and I think for men though, like if a man is with a, a a woman who is abusing him, whether probably not physically, you know, but mentally, emotionally, that man is not going to speak up <laughs> because that will show a huge sign of weakness. If you go to your buddy's, uh, poker night and be like, my wife is abusing me. What do you think they're going to say? Like, Oh, you're just a little, little yeah. pussy. Or- <laughs> so yeah, grow some do? balls. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard for men too, but I don't think it happens as often. We haven't heard, we've only but, heard from um, a
0: handful of men, as in like less than five. And we've heard from countless women. So if you are a man listening to the story and you can relate, please send us a message because yeah. maybe we're wrong. Maybe this does happen to more men and we just don't know about it. Um, or if you are listening and you know a man who this has happened to, send us an email so we can at least right. um, kind of just know. Like, I'm just curious. I just want to hear a story of a man and the abuse of a narcissistic woman because we know for a fact that women can be a narcissists.
1: Yeah, I actually would love to hear also a gay man couple who it happened to.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, and I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, I will be sure to look them up eventually, but I'm pretty sure that domestic abuse is really high within the gay community. Um, So yeah, I would also love to hear stories within that community as well. We have some questions from our listeners, Kayla. Was there ever talks of marriage between you and Mr. Wannabe?
1: Yes, there was talks of marriage. I don't know exactly when it started. I was looking back on my photos because I know that we went and looked at rings, but I it was very hypothetical. It was not let's go look at rings because we're going to get one in the near future. It was just like, like a like a activity we did that day he always said if he wanted to marry me where we would get married um stuff like that but it was never serious enough to ever go into detail of if anything else and obviously it's a huge blessing that that never did stay with us we'll be right back
0: trauma is a catalyst It provokes significant change in the lives of survivors, as well as in the lives of their caregivers. Join me, Carrie Rickert, on my podcast, Transformational Trauma and Healing, as our guests share their stories of trauma and the resources that have been beneficial to them. We will celebrate our guests' successes and learn from their struggles, adding tools to our trauma survival toolbox along the way. How were you able to stay in that situation for so long? And why didn't you walk away?
1: Hmm. Yeah. A lot of our listeners say that they're like, if they tell us their story, they're like, oh, mine was only a year. I don't know how you were able to do it for that long. Honestly, I think my situation was unique in the fact that there were other factors at play, like the whole business aspect of it. Really was a huge factor. If there had not been that aspect, I don't think I would have stayed that long. But the fact that, like, we kind of birthed this baby, so to speak, and the fact that this business was supposed to be life changing and enterprise, you know, the people we were having conversations with, the people that were involved, I was just like, it was exciting for me. It was like, okay, maybe this was like my purpose to move to California to be a part of this. And so that was always a huge, huge thing for me. I didn't want to let that go. Had it just been like, I met this person and he was acting this way. He had really nothing else to offer. Then probably wouldn't have stayed as long as I did. But I was just being strung along with, with that. um, And wanted to be a part of that. And Wanted to see that play out because I had such an integral part in it, um, so I think that's a big reason. And honestly, you know, I feel like the okay, the middle of when I realized I need to get this, or this is not something I need to be in, or this is not good for me it took me about the same amount of time to realize that as it did to get out, if that makes sense. Like it was like right in the middle. Um, So I I just feel like it kind of takes you just as long to fully have the mentality of being strong enough to get out as it did for you to get in that position. If that makes sense. (laughs) I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I mean, like, you know, months go by, you know, time, reveals a lot. Like, I'm well, Obviously, the first month, I'm not going to know everything. So as time goes on, you kind of built up this rap sheet of, okay, I have all these things now. Now I'm a year and a half in. I can't just walk away now. So then like, it's kind of like you work on getting out. But it took me the same amount of time to get out as it did for me to realize what I was in, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, because you were completely stuck. So by the time you realized it, you had to really climb out of the hole that you had come
1: down into with him, you know? Right. Exactly. It's like you dig a hole. And as long as it took you to dig the holes, as long as it's going to take you to climb that. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why it's like really important to just be so aware of those initial red flags. And if there's so many in the first three months, you don't want to spend another year figuring that out. So get out as soon as possible. (laughs) A lot of these
0: guys that are like this within the first three months, they're going to move very, very quickly. You know, they make, they want to do things to tie you guys together for you. It was sell your car, use my car. And then immediately it was, Oh, move in with me all within six months. Right? Right. If you're seeing red flags, do not do something drastic that's going to tie you to this person until you're for sure. I want to be, uh, this person is going to be my life for a while and you trust them because th- by the time yeah. you realize that they're crazy, it's going to be too late. You're going to have a really difficult time yeah. getting out of that situation. If you don't yeah. listen to will, your gut yeah. and like pay attention to their red flags.
1: Yeah. And they'll, they will have stripped you of so many things, your independence and you have to rely on them for so much. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, that's, that was a thought to mine was why I was in it so long is because I was stripped away of so much my independence that like, you can't just immediately overnight have your independence back.
0: You talk about your shame a lot and how that was a big emotion you had and had to let go of. Can you expand on that more?
1: Oh, yes. Where
0: was your shame coming from? Is it all the shame that I introduced you to in middle school?
1: (laughs) Damn it, Rachel. (laughs) So many things happened in your room that I do not want to disclose.
0: (laughs) It was always my house, too. It was always my house because I was the one who had my own phone line and I had internet. Anyway, let's go back to your shame.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and your parents didn't ever walk in on you.
0: <laughs> no, my parents were so trusting.
1: Yeah. So shame was one of the biggest, biggest, biggest negative emotions that I had to to work on. The three biggest negative emotions are guilt, shame, and anxiety. So for me, I still had guilt and I still had anxiety, but shame just always overruled both of those in every aspect after doing a, a deeper dive a little bit with my therapist but me honestly just on my own i was re- researching that a lot and shame in childhood can show up in, in so many ways and for me it was um like i never my parents were never like uh, belittling me or Blaming me or, you know, humiliating me in public or anything. It was just like very subtle. So where my shame came from, that I had to work through a lot with my therapist, was that my mom specifically, a little bit my dad, because my dad just kind of went with everything my mom said or did, or how she wanted to parent, was that my mom's very scared and protective of the way our family was portrayed. So, she kind of just created this like little box of the way that we needed to act, and we had to stay inside this box, and that anything outside of this box was just not allowed. You were bad, you were misbehaving, you know, you looked bad to our family if you were doing anything outside of this box. And so, my mom never really let me be myself, she just kind of created my identity when i was born and always tried to maintain that for me and tried to keep me in that identity and of course people wanna change or they wanna experiment or they have their own opinions yeah, and their own feelings and it was never like i was never allowed to express my feelings i wasn't encouraged to do that as you as i've talked about before you know expressing my feelings or emotions so it was like whenever I just wanted to do something that might have been quote unquote outside the box, I was shamed for it. And so – and by shamed, I i mean I just mean I was in trouble. I was bad. I was acting out if I was, do, if I was doing anything. And so over time, I just kept doing that over and over because I was like, this is like who I am. This is what I want to do. You're not letting me just even be a kid or be – a teenager. And so that's where my shame came from was just, I wasn't abiding by what she thought was deemed as like a good child. Yeah, Even though I wasn't being a bad child, I just wasn't being the kind, I wasn't being as good as she wanted me to be. So that's where all of my shame came in.
0: What was the identity that she kind of made for you? Like what was that person that she wanted you to be?
1: Um, I mean, so I, it was funny because I could fit in with kind of different crowds. So, but the main crowd I hung out with was, you know, they had, didn't have curfews. They would drink, they would smoke pot. And those are the kind of people that I hung out with, (laughs) (laughs) but I could also like go hang out with the jocks and go watch movies like until 9 PM and then go home like ever, like they did, you know? And that's what my mom wanted me to do. She, and then like, she manipulated me into telling her I had had sex and then used it against me because she was like, so-and-so heard that you had sex. And I was like, first of all, how would they even know? And she was like, your boyfriend's going around telling people that you had sex. And then she was like, so you can tell me. Like She like made me think I could trust her into telling her that I had had sex. So I did, and then like within a couple days or a week, I don't know, I was like, oh wow, that was actually nice. I was actually was able to tell my mom something very personal that I thought she'd be mad at me for, but she didn't get mad. She was just wanted me to get on birth control, (laughs) which I probably should have. Um, And so I was like, okay. And then the boyfriend I had at the time, who I had had sex with, had come over to the house like he always did to swim in our pool because we had a pool. What does she do? She calls my dad, like in the house, she calls my dad and makes my dad leave work and come home to kick him out of the house saying he's not allowed there anymore. Mm-hmm. So that was just what she did. She like manipulated me into thinking I could trust her. And that was just so embarrassing and so shameful because it wasn't what she wanted. And so I was, in, I was a bad person for yeah. it. Yeah. So. I remember that. That was just one instance that really, yeah, that really stuck out to me. And I just got in trouble so many times. Got kicked out of the house twice. All I wanted was—I felt like I was responsible. All I wanted was my parents to see that I was responsible. Like if they would have just let me prove myself to mm-hmm. them, it would have been fine. But they couldn't. They couldn't have that. My mom was so worried about how I was looking to her friends, you know, whose children didn't do that, her bunko friends, her, her pampered chef friends, her church friends, yeah. you know? So, so yeah, that's just where all my shame came in was I wasn't fitting inside the box. I had to work through that, you know, with my, with my childhood and past. But then I was like, like we talked about in the episodes, like I was also in a very shameful situation at the time. So I was kind of like, I, w- I was dealing more with my past than it was with my present. Then when I kind of was over that, then I was like, okay, now I have to work on this situation. So that's what I worked through that. Now I have absolutely zero shame and I don't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> Amen to that, sister. It's so the way it should have been from the beginning. One of our listeners writes, did you have any possessions in your name together? I'm currently trying to break free of my toxic boyfriend, but we have a car title in both of our names. I want to sell it to get the money to help me get out, but I'm scared he will suspect what I'm doing and not sign off on it. How do I get out?
1: No, I actually, I never had anything in our names together. I mean, at one part of me at, at the beginning was like, why am I not in any of this business stuff? It looks like I'm not even a part of it. It looks like I never was. It just looked like I had nothing to do with it, even though I had a lot to do with it. But now I look back, I'm like, thank God I didn't <laughs> because it didn't work out.
0: I'd say you need to get out and just leave the car behind. And, you know, the car title will have to work itself out in court um, if you wanted to take him to court, if you you know if he has ever done anything to you and you have any proof or evidence if he's ever been like physically violent with you or um you know you could always take him to court with both of those things and most likely you would end up getting the car so that would be my advice would be to not stay in the relationship over something as you know small it is small i know i know that the money if you need the money then it doesn't seem small but your safety and your mental health and all of that is so much more important than a car. And as I said, those types of things will have to work themselves out. It's not a reason to stay in the relationship, I would say.
1: I agree. Yeah, it's seemingly small. When you look back, it'll be really small. I'll be like, why was I staying around for that? Like all? It'll, it'll work out.
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Are you the type of person who wants to learn more about bettering their mental health as a teen or parents of teens, but get easily distracted like me? My name is Philemon and I'm the host of The Brief Dive. It's a podcast that provides brief tips from self-help advice to scenarios of change from a teen perspective. And yes, for those who do prefer the occasional deep philosophical dives, also like me, we've got those episodes for you too. Nobody's left out. So what are you waiting for? Head to thebriefdive.buzzsprout.com and subscribe to join the Dive family. See you soon.
0: Another listener asks, what was your biggest struggle after leaving? I'm having a hard time thinking I'll ever be able to make it
1: on my own. Yeah, we definitely kind of dipped into that a little bit, but I would say the biggest struggle is just what you said, was thinking I could ever make it on my own. <laughs> like I wasn't being taken care of because all I was getting thrown into was stress, but at the same time, I he was the one that was you know figuring it all out for us. Like I didn't have to think about it. I was like as much as as much shit as we're in, like I'm still not responsible for figuring out how to get out. So <laughs> I'm just going to let him Take care of that until we're good. So, for a long time, I just never had to think about myself or think about digging myself out or persevering or, you know, being resilient. Like, I just, it was all in someone else's hands. And so, once I was like, I'm going to have to leave that, like, I know I don't want to be with this person, but he's also like, I wasn't mentally strong enough at the beginning to figure it out on my own. But by the end, when I left, I had worked on myself so much that I was like, if I could get through everything that I just went through, even in my twenties, like all the way up to that point, I can figure this out. <laughs> like I can, I can figure it out. I mean, I, I won't be put out. I know people that, you know, will obviously take me in and help me if needed. So that was a nice knowing that. But other than that, yeah, it was just like, how am I going to be independent again? How am I going to ever do life again? I never even thought I could get like a car. Like I got a car pretty quickly and I never, when I left, I was like, I'm not going to be able to get a car forever. So I don't know, just a lot of, lot of doubting myself, a lot of doubting myself. So I could just kind of had to prove it to myself that I could and I have thus far. So, but I never could have done that if I hadn't have taken that leap.
0: Okay, last question. Has Mr. Wannabe contacted you since the podcast has come out? Dun, dun, dun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. He has not. I was scared to release this. It podcast. took a
0: lot of convincing on my part, did it not?
1: Yeah, it did. And I think we'd even recorded one or two episodes. And I... I even was like, "Ah," I was so timid. Yeah,
0: we did record first two episodes, and I think then we just listened back, and we were like, they're just not, just wasn't what we wanted, so we just scratched it and started over.
1: Well, and I had talked to a lawyer, and he had just pretty much said, tell your story without making it look like you're out to get this person. And so I think the first two episodes we had a lot more information about him personally that I knew that we just had to take out I was sad (laughs) honestly guys I I was really
0: sad to delete this personal info about this man because some of it was juicy and I was like oh this is good I know I, I remember coming to you and I'm like even his ex-girlfriends we had we talked about <laughs> we talked about his ex-girlfriends at one point and I was like please don't make me take that yes. out
1: <laughs> I know I know, I know. Uh, oh it sucks that was at the beginning that was all before that was you know these kind of people are all bark and no bite and these kind of people want to intimidate you and they want to make you think that you they have all this power
0: also, these types of guys, they seem to always have, like, a lawyer on standby. Like, oh, I'll get my yeah. lawyer. I'll get my lawyer on that. Oh, my lawyer will yeah. draw this. I'm
1: like, who the fuck is your lawyer? Yeah. Which did happen to me. I had made a subtle, subtle post and, like, a very subtle message. And he did send me a threatening text. With, and he did. I was like, this is the only time I'm going to ask you amicably. If not, I'm going to have to get my lawyer on it. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't say anything. I didn't take down the post. He wanted me to take down the post and I didn't take it down. Have not heard one single text from him since that. So
0: And just to clarify, the post was like about how happy you are on your own.
1: Yeah, well, it did say, you know, cheers to all the women who have gotten themselves out of toxic abusive <laughs> manipulative relationships. I forgot about that part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he took that as referring to him and that's when he didn't like it. And- This is another thing. He was like, I've had so many people say something to me about that post. I'm like, no, you have not because no one is on your side. No one is coming to you. Also, no one talks to him. He has no friends. Yeah. So I was just like, it did put me in a bad mood for about 10 minutes. Then I was like, you know what? No, 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 no. I am not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to be scared. This is my story. I have the right to tell it.
0: But we do have some juicy news that we found out about Mr. Wannabe.
1: I left that house and I knew, you know, uh, obviously there was so much going on with COVID and finances and you know a lot of like eviction bans were in place and all that and I knew that we were behind on the rent, but I left and I was like, you know, this is not my, my responsibility anymore. Um I actually was never my responsibility because I obviously we went into that house knowing that he was going to pay pay it all and I didn't even have a job. So anyway, um but you know, I moved and I forwarded my uh, my mailing address. So all my mail goes to granny and a couple of weeks ago or months ago, she sent me something and she's like this looks important. And she's like it looks like it's from a lawyer and I was like, "Okay, open it." And it opened it and it looks like it's an eviction notice yet again to Mr. Wannabe on the house, so I have no idea what's going on with that situation. Um, yeah, I've- it's the same situation that you were in. Yeah,
0: clearly he hasn't paid, and he's now being evicted. He's probably waiting out to sixty days, just like he did the first time
1: around. Yeah, that's it. That's the only contact. Um, so it's been a nice, like, relief. Like I said, I mean, if if they're just all talk and they never act on anything, that's what I witnessed so many times, just so much talk and never action.
0: They want you to be in fear. You know, they want to instill fear in women. So you obey and you submit to what they want. Yeah.
1: Yep. So I did not. And obviously it's paid off. And I, you know, I didn't want this to be I mean you might have a different opinion Rachel but <laughs> I didn't want this to be a direct attack on anyone I just wanted to tell my story and I think I have the right to do so it's mine it's my opinion it's my what I went through so if anyone was going to try to stop me I was definitely going to find my way around it so
0: at first when we first started recording the first couple episodes I was definitely a little bit more on the angry side I feel like I was a little bit more I don't know. I think in the intro, I'm pretty sure I called him an asshole or something. It was a little bit more feisty, yeah. But then I, you know, had to tone it down and just kind (laughs) of like come back. Reverse a
1: couple things.
0: I had to go meditate, and then I had to come back and be like, okay, so I the Scorpio within me wants to like literally attack his whole character and everything he ever did. But yeah, I need to chill out and focus the story back on Kayla and make sure that. We're telling your story, and obviously, your story does not paint him a good, in a good light. There's not really anything that I had to do to tell everyone how terrible he is. So, this is my revenge in a way, and I'm quite satisfied. Have to have to say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have to say say, I'm pretty proud of myself (laughs) oh that's what best friends are for
0: I'm like Taylor Swift I don't write songs I just make podcasts about there you go do my friends dirty like excuse me if you are doing something wrong to one of my friends you're going on the pod
1: everyone's just waiting around be like oh okay that just happened in Kayla Rachel's life hopefully there's a podcast coming out
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I love it so much and I love that we've just made so many friends we've connected with so many women it's been amazing honestly
1: yeah and even I think I mean we've known I mean I've known three of the women that we interviewed I mean not known very well but yeah, and I know. And yeah, and we're so excited to start retreats in the near future.
0: Yes, wellness retreats um are well, they're not coming yet because they're not planned yet. However, it's what we're <laughs> we're going that direction. Yes. Um I feel like COVID is hopefully going to start to calm down and travel hopefully will get a little bit easier, so once we can start doing that then yes
1: Well, i definitely think interstate like in the united states is totally doable
0: yeah we can definitely do in the states um i mean originally we were thinking i think you're we thinking someplace in yeah. europe but it's just going to be too difficult so yeah the first one i say someplace in colorado or utah someplace in the mountains Yes,
1: definitely definitely the mountain i'm
0: down for that And i think
1: our you know our, our overarching theme is going to be like a lot of these women don't know how to act on a a daily basis without their narcissist or the stress. And then they also don't have like the daily tools like we do, like Rachel and I do with the self-care tools, meditating, journaling, eating right, moving your body. So I think we just want to make this like a total immersive experience with like living your life like that, your day like that during the retreat every single day and like seeing and feeling how good you feel and then like taking that away and going back and hopefully continuing on with that obviously as well as motivational stories and talks and workshops
0: yeah just connecting with other women and yeah we have a lot of things up our sleeves that we're planning and that we're thinking of so stay tuned for that for sure All right, guys, that's going to be it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. We are starting season two production this week, so stay tuned and make sure you stay up to date for the latest episodes. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review because it really helps us out. Thank you for your support and for listening to this podcast. It Doesn't End Here is written, recorded, edited, and produced by me, Rachel Meadowcroft. Stay up to date with It Doesn't End Here and follow us on Instagram or join our support group on Facebook to connect with women and men all over the world. Please continue to share this podcast to spread awareness of abusive relationships and how common they really are. By sharing this podcast, you might help someone who you didn't even know needed help.